What's up, everyone? Welcome back to episode 19 of Track Talk Podcast. We are your hosts, Emma and Hannah, and today we're actually joined by our special guest, Brad from Furious Motorsport, and he's going to join us to recap everything Silverstone this weekend. Brad, welcome to Track Talk. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. We actually talked about how is this, this is kind of perfect for us because our brand is like merch girls. Mm-hmm. And so Brad actually owns Furious Motorsport, which is like it's a merch. It's a merch brand, Formula One merch brand. So tell us about that. Yeah, kind of a weird Formula One merch brand. Um, so we're if you've seen us on TikTok, I hope you have. But it's these weird combination of uh, sort of American sports and F1 liveries and designs and drivers. Um we sort of, or I guess I sort of wanted to see some interesting stuff for the American fans. And I know, well, I'm sure we can talk about this, but there's some, there's some hate for all the new American fans out there, but there are, there are a lot of them. And I wanted to see if I could put together something that was an interesting lineup of products to, you know, kind of get American fans deeper into the sport. And that's kind of what we, what we did. So you, your focus is jerseys. Right? It's jerseys. Yeah. It, that was the initial lineup that we launched back in March of 2022. So like a little over a year ago. Um, and I can't forget to mention my brother. My brother's my business partner um, and best friend and helps me run this. Um, he's all over the social media. So you've probably seen his face a lot more than you've ever seen my face. Um, but it was originally started as a just a fun side project. Um, the goal was just to make something interesting and see if anybody else liked it. And we were just lucky enough to see some great success. Um, so it's I've been super humbled by that. So you started in 2022, you said? 2022 was when we launched, yep. It's still pretty new, mm-hmm. still pretty new. How long have you been a Formula One fan? I got into Formula One, I was trying, because you asked this question earlier and I was or in the notes and I was trying to figure out exactly when, but my background really just stems out of motorsport and just car culture in general. I have always been, like growing with my dad, um, he's got a garage full of classic cars. So growing up around cars was just sort of something that I was lucky enough to do. And, um, I grew up going to Indy actually Long Beach Grand Prix was, was close to us. So we went there like quite a bit growing up. And at that point, I definitely wasn't, uh, fully aware of like the intricacies of the sport. And like, I definitely didn't have a team or a driver, but just like the sound of it and like the feeling that you get sitting next to the track was like. I think a big factor for sure. Drive to survive was what definitely pushed me over the edge to become like a dedicated, like watcher of the sport in 2021. I went to Coda. That was my first like actual track experience. We love Coda. And, we love Coda. <laughs> oh, we haven't, we haven't been Coda. to Coda, but we just love Coda itself. You guys need to go to Coda that hopefully that's on the list of things to go visit at some point soon. Coda and Montreal. Those are like the reachable. Yeah. Goals. Well, Emma did go to Coda last month. Um, for like a media event. Um, oh, so sick. she has been to Coda, but not for like a full race weekend. No, yeah, it was um, like Hot Lab. It was like a NASCAR event? No, it was it was just like a like a media event. Like it was for a bunch of content creators, like Formula One content creators, some oh, Texas sick. influencers, really just like to promote the track and like what goes on. So yeah, no, we, it was exciting to like meet other people who were involved in like the content creation side of it but also like i did a hot lap mm-hmm. around the track which is that's pretty so exciting cool. oh, um, that's so sick <laughs> yeah that was fun i was in italy though so <laughs> yeah so i do not feel bad for hannah that she could she could have gone. like yeah i wasn't there equally but. good vacations <laughs> yeah fine. um but yeah coda was definitely like a pivotal moment in just like connecting all the dots and i remember coming home from it and that that was actually what pushed me over the edge to start really thinking about like how can i make something that's Formula One related that like I would love to wear myself and love to potentially share with other people. But yeah, so it's kind of been a, a long journey. And in honesty, like it's only been the last couple of years that I've really been like a dedicated like fan to keep track of where the points are and like who's in and out of different cars. So, um, but yeah, yeah it's, it's been, been, it's been fun. So do you watch IndyCar as well? And like NASCAR is like Formula One kind of like yours and your brother's kind of go to right now it's pretty much formula one is where like most of my motorsport time gets into um this last season i have been watching a little bit of indie um like i watched the majority of the indy 500 which was great um no you had to watch all of it it was like the last 16 laps that were the most exciting part yeah yeah (laughs) well i may have cheated and only watched the exciting part which is not that's not fair but it's okay um no i um i've really wanted to sort of get more involved and now that 
I'm in this position, like sort of running a company that's in the motorsport space, like it's given me the ability to sort of like jump in like headfirst and learn a lot more. And it's been a great experience for me to like really truly learn a lot more. And I'm still learning like every day things that, you know, uh, maybe some of these like 15 year old, uh, 15 year deep fans have known forever, but like, I'm still just learning, you know, arguably the simple things, but, um, I mean, so we have us. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we yeah, I think every fans. fan, there's like a long journey, you know? Yeah. We have a possibility to do some cool stuff though with IndyCar next year, um, with the business. Are you so, allowed to talk um, about it on the podcast <laughs> or you want us to cut this? I can, <laughs> no, we can talk about it. Um, it's honestly, it's very early in the discussion. So I don't want to like, uh, get, I don't want to get hopes up for anything in particular, but, um, Indy actually reached out to us not too long ago and we've had a couple of calls with them and their team and they're they're definitely excited for the possibility of us kind of doing some jersey stuff for Indy so that's probably the most that I can share at this point just because it's kind of still up in the air but like there's definitely some exciting stuff for the 2024 season that looks like it could happen. That's like the best news ever for Emma because yeah. literally like a week ago she made a TikTok saying she was trying to find new Indy merch yeah. and she couldn't find anything that she liked. And she's like, I actually saw that TikTok. Yeah. There's so many options for F1, but for Indy, there's like nothing. There's none. So that is like big, big news. Yeah. And, and fingers crossed that that ends up happening for you yeah. guys. Cause that'd be awesome. And your, your jerseys yeah, are like, cool. like they're cool. Like they're, they're nice. They're not just like, no offense, but just like a, like a team logo or anything like that. Like yeah. the, I saw you guys as Miami ones, like the different colors and like the classic ones. And you guys came out with like older drivers as well. So like your merch line, it's it's unique. Like mm -hmm. I don't really see Formula One jerseys or like just like motorsport jerseys in general. Like that's not really a, a thing. I think Mercedes came out with like a Mercedes and Ferrari and did one, but theirs is always so branded with like Puma and yeah. it never like really like cool for like the younger fan. It's yeah. always like very like cookie cutter. Like this is what we have to do for our sponsorship. <laughs> yeah, like a lot of our listeners, they're most also merch people like just love mm -hmm. new merch and everything like that so this is like when i was like scrolling through your website and like your social medias and everything i was like this is like this is something like you guys are really on to something well thank you for that uh, we definitely like i share a lot of the same feelings that you guys have where it's like there's a, a unfortunate circumstance with, with a lot of motorsport gear where like it fits when you're on the track or when you're at an event and it, but it sometimes doesn't work outside of those and like I think a lot of fans want to have like motorsport gear that they feel much more comfortable wearing out in like a lot of different circumstances, not just at a track. So that's something that I love to try to work on is like making stuff that is much more like just general fashion that you can wear out. And like these are kind of unique. I guess the baseball jersey is very specific, but we have plans to hopefully do more stuff where you can just like. I don't know, feel confident like wearing motorsport gear out to like drinks with friends or like to dinner and stuff like that. It doesn't have to be like just for the track. Yeah, I shouldn't feel like embarrassed if I put on a like a Ferrari shirt or something like that. No, I'm know? so with you. Yeah. Like, honestly, it's so hard to find. We were when I was in Italy, we were at like a an actual like Formula One merch shop. My parents were like, oh, you need to get something. You need to get something. I'm like, but I wouldn't wear any of this yeah. daily. And that's why the one yeah. thing I came home with, F1 related, was this one McLaren hat, which I don't, you can hardly even see the logo, but I'm like, it's subtle. Yeah. And that and I can wear it every day. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah. yeah, anything like- I Actually, I wore a, uh, I went to a Padres game yesterday. I live in, in San Diego in Southern California. So I went to a, a Padres game yesterday. And after the, the great performance from Lando, I put on an orange McLaren hat. It's the same one that you have, but it's just got the, it's like super bright orange, like papaya. And uh, I had so many people be like, yo, like, did you watch the race? And I was like blown away by how many people saw that and were like recognized even what it was. So um, yeah, I thought that was cool. Two years ago, that probably wouldn't have even happened. No. Like, I don't 100%. know. 100%. Like, oh, yeah. it just, it speaks to the, the work that DTS has put in to bring in that younger audience and that Western audience. And like, that's obviously something that like we're big on too, like bringing like a a new younger female audience to the sport or like making a comfortable space for, for them to feel like we have this community, but that's so cool that like you're out and people are actually noticing what you're wearing. And mm -hmm. it's like, Oh, it's kind of like you and I are on the same wavelength. Yeah. 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 Whenever I'm working and I see someone with an F1 like hat or sweater, I'm always like, Oh, let's talk. Like yeah. who's your driver? Who's your team? Like, let's chat. Yes. Yeah. Tell me, tell me about it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, who do you like? What do you think about Max? You know, all these questions yeah. that just come out. <laughs> yeah. So just like speaking of American fans, I'd like, 
because we're not American, we are Canadian. Can I just get your opinion on the whole Miami driver introduction thing that happened? <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was something interesting. So we we actually were at Miami this year. Um, we got tickets and um, we're, I, I'm lucky enough to have a, a friend who works for the Hard Rock Stadium. So he is kind of like our our connection to get some, we've got, we had some really cool backstage access stuff for last uh, Miami, but we were at turn one and I could sort of see a little bit of it, but I couldn't see the whole thing. I am not, so I'm personally not a big fan of that. I think that that is like just trying so hard to like, I don't even like, was it supposed to be entertaining? Was it supposed to be like, was I supposed to laugh? Like, I'm not sure what my <laughs> intended reaction was supposed to be. Um, they also did like, so for the first Miami Grand Prix, um, on the podium, did you guys see they gave them like helmets? Like they were like, like football, yes, American football last helmets. Year. Oh, I don't recall. Yeah. They literally gave the like, podium winners helmets, which was so weird. Looking at Max Verstappen with like a big <laughs> football, American football helmet on, was just like, I don't know, one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. So I, I, I'm not a big fan of like trying to cram the American you know, circumstance into F1. I don't, I think most people aren't into it. I am a fan though of like applying American beliefs on like maybe the marketing aspect and like some of like the pre-race hype and stuff like that. But some of the more corny, cheesy stuff. Yeah, not, I'm not about it, but I don't think many Americans are, to be honest with you. I don't, I'm glad that we can all agree yeah. on this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We did end up putting a, a clip out of me saying like, this is very weird. <laughs> and uh, we didn't have many people oppose us. <laughs> no, so it seems, no. yeah. Maybe they, like, we'll see what happens in Vegas, I guess. That's yeah, what Vegas about. is gonna be really interesting because Vegas does have like, oh. a, it'll have such a new feel to it. So I wonder if they'll do like the cheesy, like, I mean, they because well, you said it was at the Hard Rock Stadium, like the, the course or the course, the track is just outside. So, I mm -hmm. wonder if that's why they were kind of like implementing like this kind of football narrative within the race. But like in Vegas, it might be totally different and we have no idea. It could be more of a show because like could, it is yeah. Vegas and I feel like that would make more sense. But yeah, the whole, I don't think I can oh. ever get like the driver introduction like image out of my head. And I just, it was bad. <laughs> but that was a few races ago. I think, <laughs> yeah, I think Vegas probably is going to learn the lesson from Miami mm -hmm. on that one. But I would not put it past them having a like firework display with like evil Knievel jumping over the track <laughs> and like I don't know it's going to be absolutely crazy so we'll have plenty of stuff to critique I'm sure are you going to the Vegas race so our plan is we have family that lives in Henderson Nevada which mm -hmm. is pretty close to, to Vegas so we're going to be in Vegas during the weekend um, we're not going to be staying on the strip and we may end up getting seats I currently don't but we may at the last minute get some seats if I can find something that's not like ten thousand dollars for a seat yeah um good luck but i want to at least be like in i want to be in the area yeah. uh when it happens so. i feel like you even if you don't go to the race you still have to go into vegas saturday night because like the race it's a it's yeah. a night race mm -hmm. so like you know they're all racing saturday night and so just hanging around they're just gonna party i don't know it, i i know exactly what you mean like it'll still be the same kind of experience because when i was in montreal last year for the race we only had um passes to quali but it didn't even matter. Mm -hmm. Like we were there for the whole weekend and like it was more about like the atmosphere around the city and street parties and mm -hmm. like going out. And it was whether we went to the race or not honestly did not matter to me because we were still having that like F1 experience. I would argue that the same thing applies to most races. Like just being in Austin, Texas when Coda is happening, it's just like you can feel it. Like the whole place lights up. It's like it's a cool vibe for sure. We have to go. We, yeah, we are we'll, gonna go. We'll figure out a way. If to it's go. not this year, it's next year yeah, for sure. Yeah, we'll go. yeah. I feel like we should just jump into Silverstone. Let's do it. Yeah, we should. Yeah, I love this race. This whole weekend, the whole week, it was probably honestly like I loved last like last race in Austria, but Silverstone, everything. I loved it. It was great. I totally forgot that Wimbledon would be going on at the same time as Silverstone. We're not a tennis podcast. Um, <laughs> it's just the fact that it's like these two major, major sporting events oh, yeah. going on within the same area. Where does Where is Wimbledon? What is it? Wimbledon. Okay. Okay. Wimbledon. It's like Wimbledon. It, yeah. Where is it? In Wimbledon. Yeah. Where, what country? Okay. Okay. That is in the UK. Okay. Um, I don't watch any other sport. Clearly, so. 
Any okay, well that's why you saw you sent me those pictures of Pierre and Kika today at, at Wimbledon Tennis. Yes. That's why, because they were just oh, okay, I guess Silverstone. Yeah. I didn't okay. I didn't question it. I was no. like, oh, rich people going to another rich event. But I was like, that's so cool that they have these two like super big events in the same time, same country. Like, I mean, I don't know how far apart they were, but like either way, I'm sure the people going that can afford it are you gonna be there, yeah. Hitting up both. But yeah. Anyways, that's my like one. I get to mention tennis once podcast. So. Um, yeah, the next segment's a tennis segment. We'll uh, we'll we'll finish the F one stuff first, and then we'll jump into tennis. Okay, great. I will clock out <laughs> for this one. Out. Yeah, <laughs> I'm done. We have like we have notes here, but even before like the whole race weekend started, I don't know if you guys saw it, but I'm I'm always on social media, so I saw this interview of mm. Lando and Oscar, and they did like dating. Red oh yeah, flags. I saw that. Yeah. The funniest interview, Brad, did you see it? They're dating red flags. No, I didn't see that, no. It is probably one of the funniest interviews, like, just anyone from McLaren oh, has ever great. given. Yeah. But I, w- I felt personally attacked at one point because yeah. Lando said that it was a red flag if, like, a girl is into true crime. And I was like, that is half of my personality oh, no. is, like, true crime. <laughs> so I was like, I'm just going to skip ahead of this part, but it's fine. But I, I thought of you. Highly- Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> it is, like, I've... Like three personality traits: it's Formula One, True Crime, and Taylor Swift. Yeah. Like, that's it. So, oh, don't forget tennis. Don't forget tennis. Yeah, yeah, yeah big tennis gal. <laughs> I don't know the first thing about. Okay, so let me just. We're gonna go one one quick sec. I'm gonna say one more thing. So the creators of Drive to Survive took that they, model. The, 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 yes, the documentary. They took that model and they went on tour with some ATP and WTA players. So the men and the female. Okay. And they did like a doc a tennis documentary. Brad, did you watch that? Breakpoint. I've watched like an episode of it. It was it was interesting. To be honest, I'm not a huge tennis person either, but it was very interesting. And they, um, they I think they did a pretty good job. To be yeah. honest, yeah, yeah, they did a great job. And they've done the same thing with um, like golf with the PGA. Oh, and it's yeah. called Full Swing. So, and there's actually a new one coming out. It might be out right now. And it was it's called Quarterback. And they're following three um, mm. NFL quarterbacks. I know Patrick Mahomes is one of them. Um, I don't remember who. How the other do you two. know so much? Uh, I watch a lot of TV. <laughs> I'm also just like a big sports fan. Like it yeah. doesn't, F1 is not like my limit at, when it comes to sports. So. That's fair. That's fair. We saw Brad Pitt this weekend at Silverstone yeah. for... We did. Sunny, what's his Sunny... Sunny Hayes. What's his name again? Sunny Hayes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, honestly, I guess I should rewind a little bit. There's a Formula One movie coming out, which we have talked about. We've talked but, about it, yeah. yeah. Um, Brad Pitt starring in it. Yeah. And the team that he's fake driving is called Apex. Um, and I guess there was an apex like garage set up between Mercedes and Ferrari. And I don't know if that was there the entire weekend. That wouldn't make any sense because it's such a disadvantage to other teams if it's actually there during the race. You know what I mean? They must have taken no, it down. No, it was there all weekend. I all think weekend. it was probably it, there. Honestly, yeah. Supposedly it was better equipped than some of the less financially able teams. Okay, like, well, it's like a really nice garage. Haas is just going to move in. Yeah. Haas is like, yeah, wait, are you done real. with that? Like, can we take it? Like, <laughs> um, can can I have the scraps, please? Yeah. <laughs> but there was like, there's pictures and videos of like Brad Pitt and the other actor, um, Damson Idris, I yes, think his yeah, name. Yeah. yeah. Like walking with mm-hmm. Carlos and like Esty Bestie. I think it's cool that the drivers, the actual drivers are going to make cameos in the movie like i think how they're going about the production of this is so interesting and i'm genuinely so excited for it lewis is is supposedly a producer he's like fully involved in the script development making sure that they don't like do just some dumb shit and portray the sport in a poor a poor way which is killer i think that's awesome yeah he wants it to be realistic when Mm -hmm. they took a pretty much an f2 car and made it look like an f1 Mm -hmm. car i don't know how fast brad pitt was driving but i did see some videos of him and like the other actor like going down the track and i was like it definitely was not as fast as an f1 car but that's where like the cgi is going to come in but like it's the same director who did top gun maverick and like that movie was is abs- it really yeah oh, i didn't know that that's and so awesome. that movie was insane yeah. and so again i think this is going to like be something that draws in an american audience because mm-hmm. like you know it's hollywood mm-hmm. you know it's going to be a big blockbuster it's going to be people are going to see it and mm-hmm. they're going to want to know like more about this sport mm-hmm. like i don't know about you but when i saw top gun maverick i was like what is so I was like, let me look into. This. I'm like, I'm not going to join the Air Force, but let me look into this a little bit, you know. So I'm glad that they're doing it in a really like respectful way, because there's a lot of times where Hollywood just like makes a movie about something, but doesn't really care about the details, or they don't they don't always get the facts right. And I think the fact that not only F1 has let them in the door, but they're like taking every opportunity to do it as like legit as possible, makes it so that yeah, when someone watches it, it's like the clearest 
like closest connection to real F1 that you can possibly get. That There's going to be an about. audience that hates it no matter what they do with it. Yeah. But I totally agree that like making it as realistic as possible uh, and having Lewis on board is just, it'll yeah. be, it'll be the best like yeah. motorsports movie. I truly believe that. I know. I, think, <laughs> I mean, what was that one movie with, um, are you talking about Ford v Ferrari? No, the other one. Cars. <laughs> <laughs> Love that movie. Cinematic <laughs> masterpiece. Love cars. Uh, no, the one with that uh, James, about James Hunt. Is it just called Hunt? Oh yeah. I like that oh. one. But those, okay, but those are like cl- like old movies. Like this is going to be like a new, modern, like supposed to be current kind of thing. So I'm excited for what it. What is that yeah. movie called? Is it called Hunt? Is I it? actually can. There's one called Senna too. I have not seen that one. Rush. It's, a... it's called Rush. Oh, Rush. Oh, okay. Well, same yeah. syllables. I put this, I don't know if you even saw it in your notes, but I put like James Hinchcliffe, like jump scare. Um, so he's a retired indie driver and he's like an indie commentator and I was watching free practice and I heard his voice and I was like, what the hell are you doing in Silverstone right now? Cause he doesn't usually commentate. So like, he's also Canadian. Mm. Oh, um, okay. so hundred percent he's going to be at Toronto Indie this weekend, but I, that just threw me off for a second because you so, you're so used to hearing like these really thick, like British accents, yeah. or, like Scottish, not maybe Scottish, Irish, whatever. And then it was just James Hinchcliffe and like. They gave you a jump scare? A little bit, yeah. Okay. I was just not expecting it. That's just my little <laughs> note. Just James Hinchcliffe jump scare. Did you watch practice sessions? Do you, you know me? No, you didn't watch practice sessions. Brad, did you watch the practice sessions? I did tell you to watch the highlights. Did you end up watching the highlights? You told me to watch the practice sessions. <laughs> you did not watch the practice and sessions. And then I didn't watch the practice sessions. Cool, so. great. So we have a Hannah 2.0. <laughs> I'm the only one. I'm so glad that you said you didn't watch it. <laughs> okay, I honestly, the only oh. thing that was like really sent like that stood out was williams and their okay. pace okay. and i made a tiktok about it but like True. alex i think was in the top three for all three practice sessions mm-hmm. and i know they had brought upgrades to canada and austria but he had said like that track those tracks are not crazy like high speed tracks mm-hmm. whereas silverstone, silverstone is yeah. and so the upgrades like really really showed and now there's talk about um alex potentially being signed for Ferrari for 2025 or 2026 when his contract is up. Like, and then Helmut Marco was talking about how like, oh, like I'm really impressed with Alex, but like he's tied to William until the end of 2025. Like these team principals and people mm. involved are looking at him and like looking at what he's able to do with the Williams. And I'm just like, Helmut Marco you know, said that? H- Helmut Marco said that. I know. If wow. I'm Alex, I'm never touching. I'm not going back a to Red, Red Bull, Bull no. or an AlphaTauri ever yep. again. Yeah, absolutely not. What a roller coaster that would be. Oh my gosh. But Interesting. Ben, and then Sargent's going to lose his seat and he's going to end up back in Florida, whatever he d- was doing in Florida before. Where did he rate? He was in F2 last year? Yes. Yeah. I think he finished third or fourth yeah. in F2. So he was good. What is? What do you think of, of him as an American? As a driver? Um, what are your thoughts about your I American would, driver? Yeah, my, my driver. Unfortunately, my driver is the worst driver, so that sucks. But... I really, I would love to be a Logan Sargent fan. And there's a part of me that does like, I, I would be very excited for him to be very successful. There's just like not a lot going for him. Like not a lot going for him on the racing end. Like he just hasn't been performing and I get he's at Williams. So like, I'm sure that it could be different if he was in a different car, but also part of being an American means you maybe have to have a bit of a personality. And like, sometimes I don't know if there's a big personality there. Um, I think he would be so much more popular if he just like spoke more and was like more outgoing and he's, there's also some crazy stuff in his like family background that, Ooh, uh, really? oh, wait, no, we did yeah, talk about this. Kind of like, nuts. Yeah. We won't get yeah. too deep into it. I was just going to put a call out to our listeners to do a deep dive on Logan Sargent and the Sargent family. He needs to get on TikTok. Honestly. If he knows what's good for him. Yeah. For sure. That's what Fernando Alonso did that. And yeah. like, he's so popular now. Mm-hmm. Um, um Who's your favorite driver? And- I, I, I talked to Emma about this and I honestly, because of where I'm at with like trying to provide jerseys for like the whole grid, like I, I kind of feel like I have to be very inclusive and like Fair. I try my best to not like really be super hard about having a specific driver. But I can tell you that there are some drivers that I really do like and vibe with. Um, right now, like especially this season, like I've really, like I'm a really big uh, Lewis and a really big Lando fan. So I was super stoked for Silverstone. Like that yeah. was, yeah. that was an incredible weekend for me, like just to see McLaren perform super well. And I also, I love McLaren from like historical standpoint. I really just don't, I'm not a big, obviously Verstappen just doesn't make any sense. Like I, I can't, 
for the sake of the sport, like I can't be a Verstappen fan because it literally is destroying the you sport said in some like ways. The exact same I thing. said that. I don't know if are you, I don't know if you're a Barstool fan at all, but um, Big Cat from Barstool yeah, did an I interview with Max, and he was like, "Are you bad for the sport of F1?" <laughs> Max really wasn't getting the humor behind it, which but. was even funnier. But I totally agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a real problem, and especially. If we go back to the American side of the sport, like there's a lot of fans who are just now growing into their like understanding of the sport. And like the 2021, 2022 seasons were relatively competitive. And like, especially 2021 was yeah. like, that was crazy. Like, especially up to the very end. Like, well, it literally was decided at the last race who was going to Yeah, win. just like the most entertaining F1 that you can get. And when you know exactly who's going to win every single race, kind of makes like a lot of my friends have tuned out to be completely honest with you. Like they've tuned out because they're just like, I just, this isn't interesting to me anymore. So. Well, the broadcasts yeah. have also tuned out. Like if they're showing the race, they barely spend any time watching Max or like having the cameras like on Max or, you know, it's just the battles that go on behind him. Yeah. Well, you know what is exciting though is like, at, let's say Miami, it was like, I think a 24 second gap between <laughs> Max and like the, whoever came in second, like, and I probably should know that, but this like for up until lap like 30 like lando was three seconds behind I like know. that's nuts yeah nuts yeah so at least maybe the upgrades that are happening are, are changing things a little bit yeah mclaren brought the upgrades to qualify mm -hmm. i mean they brought the upgrades already we saw lando had them in austria and then oscar got most of them i don't there i was reading something that oscar didn't get all of the um upgrades he had said in an interview like, he's like, oh, I totally understand why Lando got the upgrades and not me. Like, it makes sense for the team. Like, he's the more experienced driver. And he was just, like, so understanding. Mm -hmm. And I feel like in a lot of teams, the rookie, like, I feel like we saw this with George his first year at Mercedes. Like, he was, like, butthurt if he didn't get the same upgrades or, like, if Lewis got something that he didn't, you know? Whereas, like, Oscar just had, like, a really, really good attitude about it. And he was like, I'll be patient. Like, I'll wait. And, you know, and he did wait and it paid off. And, like, both what they finished in qualifying to like second and third yeah yeah like absolutely insane so you can also see it on like on lando's end too i think they're both good in that regard because lando in his post-race interview was like i'm really sad for oscar like i really wanted to see him like on the podium and like that i i saw a lot of like mutual respect for his teammate and that's not something that i think every driver would always say so like i think it kind of goes both ways yeah um well we saw what it was q1 carlos was did you watch like all the qualifying yeah, yeah. so like after the red flag because a red flag during q1 and then when the drivers were lined up carlos was given orders to let charles go ahead yeah, of him yeah and then carlos was yeah. upset because he was like you like you're making me sacrifice my like tire temp and like i understand to a point but also you're literally one car behind and i think it was um it wasn't james on the broadcast i don't remember who it was but someone had said like well when you do like there is that dry line in the pit lane. So when he does go off it, like, yeah, it does kind of sacrifice tire temp a bit, but really not that much. I think Carlos is just having a tough time in general. And yeah. that was just like an example of like, just something that like one more thing that's added on. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's been very candid and he's said like, I'm trying to play a team game here, but like, I'm not getting rewarded. And that sentiment seems to be continued on just in like instances like this. Mm -hmm. So I do oh. feel for him. While it didn't seem like it was like the biggest deal in the world, I sort of still do understand like why to him that's a bigger deal. I don't like Carlos at Ferrari, so like <laughs> we're gonna have different opinions. But <laughs> when Checo went out at the end of Q1, also him not making it into Q3 five races in a row. That's brutal. Okay, brutal. wait. Before oh wait, before I go into this, um, he had said like like oh i'm not worried like after like post race he was like i'm not worried like i know what's going on like we'll turn it around don't worry and like christian horner and helmet marco were you know on the same page and they were like backing him up and whatever and then i saw this i think it was a thread like on threads like the new social media app um threads on threads that was that was a weird thing to say <laughs> but um it was like just threads of all the times christian horner and helmet marco had like said the exact same thing about pierre gasly and alex Albon, like backing them up and saying like they're they're not losing their seat like they're going to turn around after this part of the season like blah 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 we're just waiting for that moment and so he had like all the support and the backing of who he needed until like both drivers until all of a sudden he didn't so people are like mm. kind of thinking maybe that's gonna happen with checo like they're just telling him what he wants to hear until they give him the boot it might not even be him it might just be the media too yeah anyway yeah. so but they sent him out first at the end of the red flag 
And I think that was a mistake on like Red Bull's part because everyone else that lined up behind him is obviously going to set faster times. Like the track is drying, mm -hmm. conditions are getting better. Checo's the first to set a lap. It's it's going to be worse. And there was there was only time for one lap. So I feel for him in that sense because like I feel like he could have definitely at least made it to Q2. And like he was completely screwed. Mm -hmm. I'm not a Checo fan, but like. No, and this saga continuing is just like very interesting. It's to so me. funny. Also, we saw Max's first driver error when he yeah. hit the pit wall or he hit the wall in the oh, pit yeah. lane. Oh, yeah. Slid into the wall and destroyed his front wing. Yeah. Of course, the only I driver say, error. <laughs> I'm not a huge uh, Checo fan, but if any, if there's anything that like puts a fire underneath Verstappen, like I'm all about it. So like I do like to see a high performing Checo. But or yeah, high performing Checo, but but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm yeah, really yeah. curious what that ends up being. Yeah, I mean Max's competition this weekend. It wasn't Checo; it was Lando. That's Max's like best friend too. So it was like so good. <laughs> that the whole well, are they I, actually best friends? They like, are. Is that actually? Well, they're both friends with Martin Garrix. They're really good friends. Lando was on vacation with Max and Kelly during mm -hmm. their break, um, not too long ago, which is kind of funny because it's like family vacation and Lando's and Lando too like they're <laughs> the and they both wheel. said like publicly like who their closest friend on the grid is and it's Max says Lando and Lando says Max like they are yeah. I feel like people don't believe us when we say like they're actually best friends but like they are just like Charles and Pierre are best friends you know yeah. and Lance and mm. Esteban are really close as well but you know you don't really like think about that because you're just so consumed on like what's happening on the track but but no, it was, um, what, at the end of qualifying when Lando got second, he was like, Max ruins everything. Like, I could have had, like, he was just complaining how Max took first place, like, first or P1 away from him. Mm -hmm. And, of course, no other driver could make that joke about saying, like, Max ruins everything. They would get yeah. so much hate from just people on social media. But Lando just was laughing as he said it because besties. Just yeah. besties. Yeah. Um, and then Max called in an interview. I don't know. Are you familiar with, like, the incident on on the track like that joke okay. yeah okay mm -hmm. and then max mm -hmm. called it an incident oh That's yeah he's like so oh yeah there's an incident on the track yeah he's so he's on social media more than we think like he he knows what's he knows going the on. memes he yeah he knows the memes did you did you hear the sound of like the the entire audience when lando ended up on the top on on pole at in q3 they Insane. exploded and then when max took that time away like I felt kind of bad because they were like yeah. booing and I just feel like you should never, you shouldn't boo anyone. Like yeah. that's just so disrespectful. But the crowd for Lando when he got like, when he snagged that first place oh. or like P1, like imagine being fired there. Like, up. Imagine being there. So excited. I got goosebumps at home. Yeah. Never mind like being there. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. For um, qualifying, I think like just before we move into like the actual race, but I think a lot of us were expecting, maybe not you guys because you didn't watch practices. But for me, I was expecting a lot from Williams because of their practice mm. times and like the upgrades that they brought. And what I think Logan finished 12th. He made it into Q2 and he finished 12th because of track limit violations. Yeah. Um, where he started 12th and then Alex started eighth. But they had um they were both in like the top five for straight line speed, like out of yeah. all the drivers, like yeah. for all the qualifying sessions. So the upgrades are working. I just feel like that there's a lot of pressure on them to actually do something with it. So maybe later on in the season. You know, we'll see Logan actually make it into Q3. We'll see Alex start higher, higher but... Well, this was on the second time Logan got into Q2, and yeah. he finished 11th, so that's... I, Highest finish, in, I think. It's for him a win. That is definitely for him a win. Yeah, yeah, big win. But yeah, no, McLaren getting that, like, 2-3 start, like, just... I'm not, like, I'm, I'm... We're not huge McLaren fans, but we're rooting for them to do something, especially with how they started off so... In a tractor. Um, in a tractor. In a tractor. Mm -hmm. In a tractor. And, I like that. <laughs> like, have you not heard that? Everyone it calls yeah. it a tractor. But... No, that's funny. Oh, my gosh. And so now they're actually doing something with said tractor. Well, okay, you're saying... you. I'm, right, I'm looking at your notes, and you do say something about the chrome. Oh, I said, what is that chrome livery laced, laced with? with? Yeah. I don't know. Do you think it blinded people? The helmet or the livery? The I drivers behind him? They got, like... The sun helped them go faster. They got like a little solar boost. <laughs> I loved it. I mean, I know it was Lando's first like front row start at home. Just so I can't imagine like how he's feeling, you know, like how he felt about that. Well, it's interesting that you say that because I actually just don't think Lando takes anything too seriously. <laughs> like even his mm. radio messages, the broadcast was saying like you're listening to him and he's like right behind Max. And at this point, his gap was only like between two and three seconds. And he just seems like super, super calm. So it's yeah. like. I just either he is freaking out and just like is able to really like 
Hide it. Pull it together. Yeah. Or he's just, like, so cool, calm, collected. And if so, I need to know, like, what meditation he <laughs> uses. Someone had left a comment on one of our TikToks saying that his voice should be in, like, that Calm app, which is, like, it's, they, like, it's a sleep oh, app. A it's a sleep idea. app. And they read, they just, like, tell, not bedtime stories, but, like, something. Yeah, no, like, they, they tell stories to, like, make yeah. you fall asleep. And yeah. someone was, like, Lando should do this. And I, I never really thought about it. But, like, yeah, he is just such a. He's on. He's just there, and he's just literally there for the ride. And he's not in a, not in a bad way. Like no, I know. Like, I know. Our little gamer boy. Half of the team radio. I feel like he's almost like laughing half yeah. the time. Like oh, he's just 100%. like having such a damn good time. Yeah. I mean, he's young. He's, he's my just, age. He's four yeah. days older than me. Yeah. So yeah. But I mean, if I you were in a but if you were in like a Formula One car, you'd be freaking out. Oh, I'd be losing my mind. <laughs> oh my god. Um, I'd be scared as hell. Yeah. yeah. Uh-oh. Forever. I do drive my Buick like an F1 car a lot of the time, but. Oh, every F1 fan at some point gets into a car and is like, I could drive this at 200 miles an hour. You bet. Absolutely. You bet. Take that corner. T- you got to find that racing line through the corner <laughs> at the Arby's, you know? <laughs> Did you have any, like, any notes about qualifying? Like anything that. Honestly, we covered a lot of it. I was going to say just like great performance on Albon. I was super excited to see Williams perform well, um, especially for like the 800th race. That was pretty cool to have like that 800th race. Okay. Like, sort of be a fantastic opportunity for them i don't know if it was actually their 800th race because i was listening on the broadcast oh i heard that well they said they had no idea where they got 800 from because before williams before it was owned by williams but it was the same team it was had a different name and so like they were trying like it was on f1 tv and Mm. f1 tv was like we did not count 800 but if they did good for them so like i don't well we're gonna go with we're gonna go with 800 for them yeah they painted it on their car so they believe it was 800 we'll we'll go with it we'll give it to them like just mclaren and like williams in general like we not we we were alive during this time but we we know that they used to dominate and they used to be like such a force in formula one and so I think it's exciting, probably for older fans, but also like for newer fans who have looked into their history to kind of see them have a bit of a revival mm-hmm. and like, you know, to to be bringing something to the sport as opposed to lacking where other teams have moved forward and advanced. So, you know, like I'm not yep. like a, I'm not going around sporting Williams or like, I mean, you're sporting I, McLaren. You literally just, she just bought. Alex, I didn't buy it. <laughs> I bought the Taylor Swift Speak Now cardigan instead. I did oh, not. Oh, she didn't. Okay. I did Emma not. Emma was like. 10 seconds away from buying the Alex Albon um, t-shirt that they put out for this weekend. Yeah, but it wasn't a Williams shirt. It was an Alex shirt. It was from the Williams store. Yeah, but it was Alex. It's not like it's a big W on it. Okay. Anyway. How much was that shirt? I'm just curious. It was 49. It was 49 something. And then shipping for us was like $30 to like Canada. So it would have been. That was 49 American. Yeah. So it would have been probably I think 109 Canadian just to get the shirt shipped. So I was like, I'm just okay. gonna get the Taylor Swift sweater instead. It's tough. It's actually really tough to like pay those prices when you start looking at like, yeah. okay, now I have to do the conversion and now I have to look at taxes. And then sometimes when it comes in, oh, like, you, you have pay to duty pay duty too. Have to pay duties. Oh yeah, people have to pay duty on our stuff when we ship them into Canada. People have to pay duty on it. It sucks. But, and it's not yeah. anything that like the businesses can can help. That's like just the law. So it's it is what it is. Stupid, yeah. but it's fine. We, yeah. Any Canadian listeners, we still recommend checking out Furious Motorsport. Yeah. <laughs> you this, might have to pay duty, but worth it. But it's worth it. <laughs> Let's just jump into the race because there's a lot that happened. Let's go. Yeah. I don't know where to start. Well, Lando knew where to start. Yeah. Lando did yeah. start. I was going to say, Lando had five amazing laps. That was incredible. Like, the crowd when Lando took that lead, like Lando Norris is leading the British Grand Prix. Like I was, I literally stood up, I was watching it and I was like so excited for him. <laughs> And I honestly, I think this is the first time a driver this season has led a race without Max being in the pits. Like, oh, interesting. I, f- I think that's the case. Oh, yeah. maybe Checo, I guess. Like, but like, I I guess Max isn't the right word, but like Red Bull itself. Red Bull. Huh. Because like yeah, Red, Red Bull's Bull, always you know. led the race unless they're yeah. like in for a pit stop. Whereas Lando right off the bat was just like, no, nah, it's my race. <laughs> literally it was did you see how lando lined up too he like kind of la- like lined up like at an angle yeah. in his box he was like 30 degrees i wonder like if how much that helped him like cut off max like you know what I didn't they really look must at that have, after the fact but they had to like talk about this in their like pre-race like pre what pre-race briefing but when oscar like oscar knew to immediately go around to the outside of lando mm-hmm. and like lando just went in for like the like Max's racing line essentially. And so they must have planned that. Like they had to. Like, yeah. Because it was it's like strategy, right? It worked out so perfectly yeah. for both of them. And yeah. like Oscar and like keeping that third place for like yeah. a hot minute too was insane. Yeah, it was a bad start for Carlos. 
really, really bad for Carlos. I don't remember what happened to Carlos. Well, I mean, he dropped, like, two or three places. Oh, right yeah, off, he did. So, yeah. Yeah. He's gonna drop like three more later in the race in like thirty <laughs> seconds too. That was incredible. Yeah, we'll get, yeah. We'll get incredibly to bad. Incredibly and bad. Lewis, Lewis had a really bad yeah. start too. Lewis had a bad start, but like he had a good race. Oh yeah, yeah. When Max like did Verstappen actually, Sorry, oh, no, I was gonna say Verstappen actually was complaining about his start. I mean, he was trying to argue that like there was something wrong with the car in yeah. his start. And like, then he was talking about like not the you wind, man or and he was saying how like the wind was like bad or something, and it was like. You know, you just have competition for once in your life, buddy. Like, <laughs> you this is what harder. racing is like. <laughs> um, but, like, when Max did eventually take the lead um, over the radio, like, to Lando, the McLaren engineer was like, Oscar's not going to fight you. Like, he's not going to attack. And I saw online that mm. a lot of people were really upset by that. They were, like, saying, like, no, let's see them race. Let's see them fight. But I think McLaren was in, like, a position where they could not risk that. Like, there would it would make no sense to have your drivers, if they're sitting at second and third, to, like, fight each other and like risk something going wrong like it's almost impressive that like they listen to that you know some i don't think every team has enough control over their drivers no. for that to happen yeah but again like mclaren's never been in that position for where they could be both finishing on the podium well in this season mm. last season last mm. few years so it made sense that they were like don't fuck it up you know yeah um, please don't crash please don't crash <laughs> literally this weekend i was simply a lando fan like I was, I'm always a Lance fan, but he had a horrible race and I'm, I can't. Oh, I'm so glad you said that because I wanted to. <laughs> I can't say anything good about his race, except for what he said afterwards about Pierre. Cause he, he yeah. messed up Pierre's race. He was yeah. like, oh, I'll meet him in the parking lot later. And I was yeah. like, that is so Canadian. That was very Canadian. Very Canadian. <laughs> but I can't say anything about Lance's race. But I was like, truly just a Lando fan this race. Cause I, we've said it before, like we haven't lost faith, faith in Charles, but it's so hard to get our hopes up for him. And like this race mm. was also... Mm that like we saw him fall back and also he couldn't fight the mclarens mm -hmm. i'm like you're in a ferrari and you are you can't fight a mclaren like yeah, what world is this right now like it was just i am um, listening to the broadcast i kept hearing them call out the names of all the turns because every turn has a name yeah and i felt like such an idiot for not knowing any of the names of the turns do you guys know the names of the turns cops is where there's one called like brook brooklyn brooklands or something brook, like that yeah I, I have these names flowing through my head now and I need I, I feel like I need to know. like memorize the track. We do a segment called Track Stats where I kind of like deep dive into the track before a race. And I was doing the research of Silverstone and I for Monaco I was like pinpointing like different like turns and corners and whatnot and I was like calling out the names, but I was looking at this track and I'm like I actually can't because I'm just going to be like so lost naming all these different turns. <laughs> no. I don't know how some people have them memorized like the what it's they impressive. like what the it really is like the, even some of the streets are memorized like streets have names and like the, like i don't i don't good on them it couldn't be me yeah i struggle even pronouncing the track name sometimes yeah <laughs> <laughs> like, well the italian grand prix that name was ridiculous was so bad. i don't blame you <laughs> did you guys hear on the radio when george was like asking about rain and he was like, well, there's someone, there's drops on my visor. I and I was like, is he making a joke? Oh, yeah. Or is like, he, <laughs> like, what do you, you know? I was like, George, is this like a joke? Or do you actually think it's raining? Cause it's genuinely not raining anywhere on this track. I know. He makes me laugh when he talks about rain. Esteban. Oh yeah. Esty Bessie yeah. had a hydraulic leak. I didn't realize that until after the race. That's what it was, but he had to retire. And I, he retired from Silverstone last year yeah. as well, yeah. which was kind of unfortunate. Alpine? Yeah, I like looked up and I saw him out and then it took me another 10 laps to figure out what had happened. And the the hydro, uh, hydraulics, hydronics, whatever they were calling it, failure. Like it almost, he just like disappeared from the race and like no one said anything about it. Or maybe I just completely missed it. No, but, they yeah, didn't was, say anything about he it. He like, he kind of dropped back and then they were like, Esteban were retiring the car and then you didn't hear anything about it after that. And no. I was like, okay. Like usually they'll show like a replay or explain what happened and there mm. was nothing. Nothing. No. Yeah. What? No, I'm just like, your notes just make me giggle every week. Why are, says Charles, why are you 3.6 seconds behind a rookie in a McLaren? I'm going to have a nervous breakdown. I'm like, same. Well, yeah. Why, you know, I expect <laughs> more, but we just shouldn't at this point. No. But he was called in early for that pit stop. I don't know about you guys, but I was like kind of panicking because I was like, why? Like, whose idea was this? And it was not, it did not pay off because like he was called in early and then the safety car went and so they called him in again. But at that point he hadn't made up enough places for it to really matter so he mm -hmm. just dropped back down and mm -hmm. like 
oh, it was frustrating to just watch as a Ferrari fan. Like, again, you just can't. Get your- the joke almost like makes itself every single yeah. time. Like it, it, it's almost too easy. You know, yeah. it's almost too easy. But yeah, it was the uh, K-Mings being on fire that brought out the safety car. Yeah. That was what, lap 30? Yeah, lap 30. Without that, the race would have been so much different. Or yeah. Really would have had a, just a really different outcome. And like, I know Hamilton basically was like, his strategy was completely relying on it. Like that was his only chance of hope pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Um, well, I think that if there, yeah. like if there hadn't been a safety car, I feel like Oscar definitely probably had a better shot at getting that podium. Yeah. Um, but I loved it. And you know, it's exciting when yeah. there's a safety car and it comes and mess things up. I felt bad for Pierre because he had literally, he was the driver that had just pit before it yeah. happened. Like some drivers had pit yeah. like a few laps before, but he had quite literally just pit. And I was like, this is so unfortunate for you. Pierre did not have a good weekend. No. Also, um, we can get into that after, but then I was blown away with the tire strategy too from McLaren. Like I... everyone else was on softs, and then hards come out, and I'm like, "What? What is going on?" He I questioned. They're like, he wanted to go on softs, and they put him on hards, and I th- like that was probably the best call. And I think that just shows like how good of a driver Lando is, mm-hmm. because you know, like when the the race like start went on like when they finally got to restart if you're on soft tires you know this is pretty straightforward soft tires you're gonna have like you're gonna have a better start so lando being able to like for that first lap like where it really mattered you know defend from lewis hamilton lewis hamilton yeah in like on soft tires and he was i'd like i don't have words like i was just genuinely so impressed with how lando was able to handle that restart on hot hard tires and like keep that second place position i think everyone was so blown away at that yeah I think it's also interesting too because it, it goes to show that there sometimes some of these cars have like critical failures, but you can use them strategically for your advantage. The McLaren car all season has just like lit up tires, like all the time, over tire, like overheating tires. But if you kind of think about it, that could be used in a sort of an advantageous strategy in this case with the hards. If he could get those hards up to temperature pretty quick, then he could defend from Lewis a lot quicker and do it for a lot longer. So I don't know, it's an interesting like yeah. strategy. That's what he, like, that's what he did. Mm-hmm. I loved it. It was great. Yeah. It was exciting, you know? I mean, yeah, I totally had my doubts, but yeah. I shouldn't because they know a whole heck of a lot more than I do yeah. about tire degradation. So. Lewis had said like about, um, cause that, there was that, those few laps where it was just like him and Lando pretty much wheel to wheel. He said after the race, like it's great when we can have battles like that and rely on the driver that you're competing with to be hard, but fair. There was never an element or a moment where we thought we were going to come together or anything like that. And that's what motor racing is about. So he was like applauding Lando's like driving skill. Like he was, he was racing, but he wasn't you know, like a, a dick about it. Like he wasn't. It's yeah. Very interesting because you know? I mean, Lewis found himself in like a very opposite situation a couple of years ago at Silverstone. So yeah. for him to make those comments kind of holds like a little bit more. I feel like, well, I feel like he has more respect mm. for Orlando than he does Max, you know, just well, that's, that's, so that's what I'm hearing. And that yeah. is, you know, yeah. it, it was like a subtle shout out. It was yeah. a praise at Lando, but also kind of a dig at Max. So yeah, but I love that. But yeah, even like George on the radio was like, McLaren is so quick on the hards. Lewis was like, the McLarens are a rocket ship. And like, we've been calling the Red Bulls rocket ships this whole time. And now Lewis is saying that to McLaren. Like, I'm just really confused as to like, literally like what is like, what world we're in. Yeah. I don't know. I know. Flashback. I like change though. Change is good. You know? Well, yeah, I'll, exactly. I'll take change any day. Like if um like McLaren can join that battle for second in the Constructors' Championship, I'm here for it, you know? Yeah. Because Ferrari clearly is not. Yeah, and Aston Martin didn't have a great weekend. No. So there's like a, a big amount of points that they're losing here mm-hmm. too in the battle Alpine. for the constructors, Alpine. And then obviously Mercedes is up there. So mm. if... Uh, that was exciting. Yeah. Yeah. What's happening with Aston Martin? Like what... I, I, I heard, and I'm not up on where they are as far as upgrades, but I, I heard that there were some modifications that they made. Um, I guess Hungary or maybe before or sorry, not Hungary, Austria or before Austria. But like, it seems like we're seeing like less and less performance out of that car now. And Fernando is slowly losing what he had. I don't know. What are your guys' like takes on that at the moment? No, I think you're 100% right. I have blind faith in Lance and I shouldn't, but (laughs) I just love him so much. But what percentage of your love for Lance is because he's Canadian? Yeah. What percent is because other stuff? I'd love to know. (laughs) Anyway, Aston Martin. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we're going to talk about Lance right now. I know what you're saying, and I I know that they have brought some upgrades, yeah. but I don't think that their upgrade package was as intense as 
the other teams. Um, and no. Fernando, like I, like I, I unfortunately we're not engineers. We cannot explain it, but we've noticed that there is like a bit of a drop in their performance, and I, like everyone else has too. And I don't know. I like it could just be a one-off thing. Like Silverstone is not like other tracks. It's. Mm-hmm. I mean, it also doesn't help that like in the battle for the constructors, Fernando was bringing to the table eighty percent of the points. Yeah. So when you still have Lance competing where he was, and then you have Fernando drop down, it's like, well, then Aston Martin as a team is not doing well, but it's really just that Fernando himself is not doing well. So I think that's why it looks like so much worse right now. Yeah. Because mm. now it's. Yeah, two drivers not getting... I mean, Fernando still got points. Yeah, he, he finished seventh, but... Lance did not. He got a penalty for... Fuck if I know. <laughs> Probably track limits. Yeah, what no, was the... No, it was... It was, was a, it he had pushed um, Gasly off track. Oh, yeah. Okay, that was legit, though. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. He... Uh, twice, actually. I think the first time... No, so, yeah. First time he pushed him off the track and uh, took a place and then had to give it back. Yes, okay, um, that's it. And then the then, second time he did actually push him off the track and like Pierre had to retire early. Like he couldn't, it was like yeah. so close to the end and Pierre had to retire because he had damage because of Lance. And then yeah, got- and I honestly was kind of looking at it like, was that intentional? Like, was that retaliation for having to give the place back and the penalty? Like, well, he I don't know. I, I mean, it probably isn't, but I don't know. No, but that's what it looks like yeah. from an optics point of view where like it's the same driver and it's the same thing happening. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I honestly, yeah, Pierre did not have a good weekend either. There was a moment where he, um, this was when Carlos got overtaken by like three cars in three mm. corners. Mm-hmm. And then he goes on to say that he was he could have been faster than Charles. Anyway, I have issues with how that whole post race stuff went down because Carlos was really oh. just complaining and kind of honestly sound like he was bashing Charles and like the strategy and everything. But I'm like, my guy, you quite literally lost three places in three corners. I don't know, like. I've said what I had to say Even about it. Even with bad tires, that's just like unexcusable. I mean, that's not fair. That's it's just it's bad. It's really bad to see. Like, there's a lot of circumstances, but like even with bad tires, like, I don't know. That's just rough. I don't even think they were bad tires. Like everyone around him. I mean, I guess Charles had pit for mediums um, mm-hmm. during the safety car, and Carlos didn't. But a lot of the drivers that he was battling with, they had all pit prior to the safety mm-hmm. car as well. So it's like it mm-hmm. was like Carlos made one mistake Checo got the lead and then because of that Carlos was I feel like he's just he just kind of lost it for a second then Alex got ahead and then we saw Charles and Carlos literally fighting for that ninth place I know after starting fourth and fifth I don't we had two really really great race weekends as Ferrari fans and we're reverting now yes yeah I don't know for 10th place I guess Gasly had taken or overtaken Carlos for 10th place this is like right near the end and then Carlos got that place back but Pierre went on to complain that like he he felt pushed like he didn't have space and then I went and I watched the like I watched it back afterwards like both driver perspectives like from the helmet or whatever I don't even know and I'm like he had plenty of space like Pierre Mm. I think Pierre was just already in a bad mood because of Lance because that first incident and then he just needed someone to blame for like and I don't know I I was not too impressed with Pierre's attitude this weekend but like but he did make the comment to Carlos afterwards, it just like show, it just showed it was like immature. Like is mm-hmm. it, you, nothing bad happened. If something could have been like, penal, like if a driver could have been penalized, if it was a racing incident, like the stewards would have looked at it and like, I don't know. I was just, and I, I like Pierre. So I was kind of like hurt. I was not hurt, but I was, that's, like, I knew that that's why you're bringing this up. Cause you love Pierre so much. I was upset. Cause I love Pierre and I love Lance. They both had shit weekends. I was like, Kate Lando, he's the only one I'm rooting for right now. <laughs> But well, you also have here, like, just chill, don't exceed track limits, because he was kind of, he was pushing it, Lando. Yeah. Well, he got that black and white flag. There was, like, two laps left or whatever for track limits. Yeah. And so I was so scared because Lewis was within five seconds, yeah. so he would have gotten that second place podium, and Oscar would have gotten that third place podium, because Oscar ended up finishing within a second of Lewis. Yeah. Which is also insane. Yeah. A rookie, his 10th oh, race in crazy. F1, finishing fourth, wow. like, I yeah, no, that's impressive. Yeah, both the qualifying performance and the race performance are both, like, for him and his rookie season, amazing. Especially at McLaren. Oh, God. I know. Yeah. Well, even Alex as well finished ahead of both Ferraris, like, in the Williams. You you can't, like, try to 
make sense of it no. because Ferrari tire strategy slash race strategy yeah. as a whole just makes no sense ever. So like, just don't even like, whatever. See the, the on to the next. The note I have here, I'd really like to congratulate Ferrari on this strategic genius day. It's an, uh, impressive mm-hmm. when you can turn a four or five start into a nine ten finish. <laughs> Hats off to Ferrari. My God, but um, yeah, no, Lando that's getting... pure pure genius. Honestly, like someone had to think really hard to make that happen. But yeah, Lando finishing second, highlighting the highlight for everyone. I just, it was seeing him and Lewis up on the podium and also like Max being so happy to see Lando up on the podium, like finishing like alongside him. It was like, I I stood up and I like screamed. Like I was so excited for him because his home, his home race, his first podium at his home race, like, like I'm a Lando fan. No, yeah, we're on it. So like talk about his, his, um, podium celebration, Lando's. Because I love seeing when he does the champagne, yeah. when he like swirls it and then like, hit, and then he knocked the trophy Bangs over. Bangs it down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, yeah, he did that, and then he, but it was Max's trophy he knocked over. Oh. oh. But even prior to the podium celebration, he punched a bug oh, yeah. on live TV, yeah. which just goes to show. Oh, yeah. I like, forgot about like, that. Yeah, he punches a bug. <laughs> <laughs> like, my guy, you were oh, on live no. TV. You just got second place, and you were going to try to punch a bug. You missed as well. You didn't hit the bug. I love him. I don't understand what goes through his mind. Well, but like some people didn't love him for his shoey. Oh, we're gonna talk about the shoey. I don't know. Just like I don't want to take a side on it, but just really quick. Just yeah. Me. So did you did you hear everything that happened with the shoey? No. So no. Tell me about the shoey. I didn't hear about this. So there was a fan stage after the um the race, like after the podium, mm-hmm. the celebration, whatever. And there yeah, was yeah. a. You know, you know Shuey. You know Danny Rick's. Like, oh yeah, yeah. That's Danny Rick's signature. What are you talking about? It is Danny Rick's signature he, because it's 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 from it's originated out of Australia. Like the Shuey itself, the celebration, drinking from a shoe. So Lando had poured champagne in the shoe and given it to Oscar on the fan stage, a fellow Australian. Mm. You know, and Oscar took a sip because obviously he had something to celebrate, mm-hmm. finishing fourth, yeah. his best finish, yeah. McLaren's home race. He took a sip and then handed the Shuey to Lando to also take a sip, and. People are not happy about that because they're saying that Lando should not have done the shoey, that it was Daniel's thing, that he's stealing it from Daniel and like, you know, and it's, I think that people will make something out of everything if they try hard oh, enough. Man. And so yeah. it's, I, and also I just want to point out that Harry Styles did a shoey when at his concert in Australia. He's British. One. And no one said anything? Yeah, no one said anything about his new issue. And so I think people are kind of forgetting or not really thinking about the fact that, like, Lando didn't just do it for himself. Like, he didn't just pour the shoey and do it. Like, he did it, handed it to his Australian teammate to to do because he knew it was an Australian thing, you know? Also, I don't want to, like, speak for him because I have no idea, but I'm sure Danny was, like, extremely, extremely happy to see Lando. He must, Daniel must have been so happy to see Lando, like, on the podium. That's my thought. My thought is, like, what do you think Ricardo thinks? Because he's the one who actually like owns the, this is his signature. He's for sure gonna be stoked as hell that someone else is doing a shoey on stage. Right? right? That that is for sure. Ma- that made his afternoon. Yeah. No one's gonna. He's not gonna be pissed off about no. that. He's like, oh, you stole my signature move. Not a chance. No. Like if he's he, Daniel's moved on. Well, it's also like point. his ex teammate. It's not just like some other driver. It's his ex teammate. Yeah. Like, like, and also I just think. Oh, like, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Daniel and Lando are also friends. Yeah. Like yeah. that's it's so. I just think in general. So TikTok like, really was upset about this. I didn't even. Wow. TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr. Brad, you gotta get on social media. Like, <laughs> I'm. I didn't I need see to, any of this. I need more threads in my life. I guess yeah. that's what I need. I need more threads. I'll. Uh, <laughs> I'll just send you all the drama that happens, and you can make your own opinion from it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of drama, what was what with, with Yuki? So I it will be honest. I did not follow Yuki's performance during the race, but can someone tell me like what happened with Yuki? So and, like, Yuki was, so was Yuki was upset because they had brought a really good or was supposed to be a really good upgrade package to Alphatari this weekend, um, and mm. it sucked. And it if mm. anything made the car worse. Like the they didn't like the upgrades. Did Sixteen not, and seventeen, and yeah. the only three behind them DNF'd. So it did not, like, the upgrades did not pay out in their favor. Like, the entire team kind of assured him and Nick that it would. And so I think he said over the radio, like, we can't be this slow. Or, like, we can't. I don't remember exactly what he said, but he was, like, truly, truly upset. And I think it was because he had higher expectations going into this race weekend. And he was let down more than he had been let down before. Like, at the start of the season, we saw him getting, like, P11, 12. Like, he got a point, maybe two, honestly. Like, yeah. he he was doing good for the Alphatari and now like 
it's mm-hmm. just getting worse. And I think Yuki is is truly just like fed up. His quote was literally like it was unacceptable. Like he was he was upset because um, I, I listened to his his uh, uh, team radio audio and he also said like you know what's up. He was more upset than normal but i like i think it's just it's justified like well and you know who was not upset which i was surprised in the post-race interview uh kmag was like kind of okay with the fact that his car caught on fire and i was just like a little bit surprised that he didn't have more harsh words to say i don't know i've i put myself in his shoes and like i probably wouldn't have been as a polite in my my notes. I don't think K-Mang is a type to like. This is the guy who, who who's infamous for the fuck smash. All right, he's he's a dad now. He's grown up. He I, can't say I was stuff on public. <laughs> no, like, I was totally gonna know? say that. I think old K-Mang would have lost his mind. Yeah. But I think maybe it's because he's a dad. Maybe it's because he took some time away from F1 and then came back. But I feel like it's a different K-Mang that we're seeing right now. Man, I'm gonna probably sound so dumb because I feel like I should know this. But there's like there's a there between like when you push and like um like breaking into a corner, like the regen for the battery system, like collects power out of the car and charges the battery. And I believe that there's different strategies you can use as to when you charge and when you don't charge, depending on if you're trying to like gain that extra energy. Um, and they were talking about the strategy for filling the batteries. And I was like, I don't know anything about that. So I this is that. news to me. Yeah. Maybe this is something we can look into during silly season. Yeah. Bat- battery filling. This is the first time. I've yeah. No, we're going to look at that. We'll look into that. So yeah. you're, you don't, you don't look or sound dumb. Like, no, we don't. Or if you do, we sound equally dumb. Yeah. <laughs> so we're in this together. <laughs> we're all in the same dumbness. Area, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We can go back to this. We can also maybe touch on just like uh, the American DTS. Like, like people, I think, are a little bit blindsided in like the realities of the world where it's like, do you want your sport to exist in 10 years? Like, do you want to continue to see your sport existing? Well, then strap in, get ready for some change because the world doesn't stay constant and the money moves and like i hate when people have this like very puritan like this is like a you know it's a sovereign sport that nothing can ever change it's like you're gonna end up like you're gonna end up like baseball in the the u.s like literally slowly dying i was gonna say golf and look what happened with golf this year like it got it only got exciting because like the whole live drama with the the opposing tours. And I know you know nothing about that, but like some of our listeners will, so just keep it in. Um, But yeah, like things change. You have to bring in a new audience because when that audience ages out, like who's going to support the races and fund four potential American races on on the calendar at once? Like, Well, also there's like, there's the regulations and like the car itself, it changes every four years, right? Doesn't it? Yeah. Like there's... Formula One is always changing, yeah. and so the rules, regulations, like not just the car, but the sport itself, how the sport itself has to change with it. But yeah, I mean, I is three American races too much? I don't know. There's a couple of other races that are they want to have in the U.S. Like companies who own large chunks of land have basically proposed like we could i think there's even one that's like an old airfield somewhere and they want to basically tear the whole thing down and build a track on it um i think everyone's seen how successful miami and vegas well vegas hasn't happened yet but i think it's probably going to be incredibly successful so yeah um i could i could see there being more than three american races for sure i think that's good for newer fans for sure but then that like the whole price issue is that like it comes into because it's still so expensive to go to Miami to go to Vegas. Coda's is mm-hmm. affordable, but but by saturating the American market, it might not be as expensive anymore. More American races means that not everyone has to go to Coda or not everyone has to go to Miami. Like mm-hmm. it's the same thing with Canada. Like fair. everyone that I know that goes to races goes to Montreal, so like Montreal is expensive. Yeah, yeah. I mean that, I guess that's a good point. It's just like. Vegas itself is a very expensive city, yeah, so it's yeah. always going to be expensive, but... I'm very excited for Vegas. Very, very, very It's excited. on your birthday. It's also my why. birthday. I'm Vegas on excited. your birthday. Yeah, that's why. Um, oh, that's cool. I know. I was you really... You should go. Well, you should go. I know. I know. I actually just started a new program in school, though, out of a school mm. in Minnesota. Um, so I don't know what their schedule is, and I think it's still before Thanksgiving, so yeah, I don't know if I'll be able to make it work, but if I could, I would. Maybe next year. Yeah, we'll plan for mm. next year, hopefully. Yeah, 
that there's 24 races. We won't dive into it because I know we, we probably don't have that much time left. But 24 races is confirmed for next year. It yeah. was confirmed for this year, but then Crazy. they canceled China. Yeah. People are saying that's probably going to end up happening again. Like a race gets canceled or like, you know, because we saw uh, Imola get canceled. I would not be surprised, depending on how spa goes for f1 this year i would not be surprised if they remove spa off the calendar for next yeah, year that's fair that's a good point is there anything else on race you guys wanted to close out on or is that basically it anything else in the race i don't think so i don't think i had any more notes um quick thing to add danny rick is doing his testing this week in the rb19 so mm, yeah. we'll stay tuned for that yeah mm. I'm excited to see what's going on there mm -hmm. are we gonna have a podcast next week predictions for uh yes for hungry but I mean, this is, I'm, I don't I'm even just, know if we've like talked about it, but um, I'm going to Toronto Indy. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to Toronto Indy this weekend. So. Oh, sick. Yeah. Awesome. I'm, I'm pretty excited. And I like, I, we like maybe mentioned it on a previous podcast, but like this weekend will be, I'll be on social media just showcasing that. So next weekend's episode will probably be half recap of Indy and then like half prepping for, yeah. I don't even know what's next. Yeah. Um. So yeah, stay tuned for that. And I don't think I have anything else to say about the race. Okay, so just closing out our race talk, we want to end by thanking Brad so much for coming on with us and chatting Silverstone. Um, with that, we want you guys to take a look at their merchandise. They have some really cool stuff. Furious Motorsport, that's your Instagram handle? Or do you want to plug your yep, handle? Yeah, at Furious Motorsport. Yeah, at Furious Motorsport. Yeah, at Furious Motorsport on Instagram, um, at Furious Motorsport on TikTok. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, we have a Twitter, but we have like us back on followers. TikTok, by the way. I was kind of hurt. What? No way. Oh Are you for real? I am I'm <laughs> calling you guys out right now. You did not follow us back oh. on TikTok. Well, that'll change. That's brutal. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, we're going to fix that right now. <laughs> uh, but we highly, but highly yeah. suggest checking out the link in our bio to, you know, grab one of these jerseys that they have. They there's honestly something for everyone. They have cropped ones. They have like the full length ones. If you use the link in our bio, you get $10 off. So till the end of the month, till the end of the month. So use, use that, take advantage of that. Why wouldn't you code track talk code? Yeah. Code track talk. You make sh again, link in our bio. It'll be there. It'll be fun. We're big merch girls. We know a lot of you guys are too. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you so much, Brad, yeah. for joining us on this Silverstone debrief. Thank you for having me. I love the conversation and looking forward to hopefully a continuing interesting season for the rest of 2023. Um, so that's all again. If you are our socials, just track talk pod on TikTok, track talk dot pod on Instagram. Um, but we will talk to you guys next week. Bye.